Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Mail Right Podcast. Here, John and I are doing this again. And guess what, everybody? It's We've done this. Well, I haven't done it quite as many times as John, but we still somebody's been doing this 401 times. 401. That's the number. Okay? 401. So do I need to say it again? It's episode number 401. And John and I are going to beat a drum that we that we are have been beating for a while, which is how to get real estate leads with YouTube in 2023. Now, as part of this, we are going to talk about, we're going to, we're going to explain why it's relevant. We're going to talk about speaking to buyers or sellers. We're going to talk about what a niche could theoretically be. And we're going to talk about uh, how you do the, like a couple of different types of videos that have historically been proven to produce a lot of business. Now, John, is going to do the outside boundaries. And I think I'm going to jump into this episode with actual case studies that I've done on people who are using these tools and give everybody an understanding of why we keep beating the drum. And I I just want to preempt the show by saying, ladies and gentlemen, when you start talking about like what's dying, uh, both John and I are in the lead generation business. And People filling out forms and such are reducing. It doesn't matter whether you're doing paid search or you're doing SEO. It doesn't make a difference how how you're driving people. People signing up on forms is less rare. And the only exception to the less rare bit is when you've done video to let somebody, like make somebody feel like they know you. And, And in those rare cases where real estate agents are doing that, traditional marketing methods still work very well, like driving people into a site, things like that. So we keep saying video and video, 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 video over and over again. And audio too, which is not something we've done a show on, but we should do a show on it because voice search is is 20% of search now. And if you have audio files, which include video, by the way, you can have people automatically start to listen to you with some type of voice searches that are coming up. So in other words, you can auditorially say something, you get an auditory response, and then it says, would you like to play this? You say yes. And now somebody is listening to you in a car all without ever actually watching anything. And if you don't have anything with an audio file, such as a video on your site, you are losing out on a bleeding edge opportunity. So having said all that, and before I take steal any more thunder here, John, who is not only the producer for this show, because producers, for those of you who are unfamiliar, they're the people that kind of pick out what's going to what you're going to talk about, and they kind of pick scripts and outlines and theories. John produces the MailRite show on his own. My side of the partnership is more like, like online talent. I come on and he's picked out the subject and we talk about it. He does all the heavy lifting for this show. He does all the heavy lifting, as far as I know, for his other show, WP Tonic. And he has a third show called The Learning no, Marketing the, Machine, Learning the, Systems. The membership, the membership Machine Show. The, the Membership Machine Show. So John doesn't just do this once. He does it three times. To say that he is an expert at this point has made himself so in the podcast world is an understatement. Uh, he keeps me in line. I feel like he probably keeps his many other guests that he has to manage. I'm not a guest, but he, but he keeps all these other shows running some of which I've seen with as many as 10 to 12 guests at a single sitting. Uh, Occasionally I've tuned into some of those other shows. And if you're interested in WordPress in general, I'm telling you, you've got to check out the WP Tonic show. It's amazing. This show is amazing when it comes to real estate marketing. 
But I think that uh, John is an amazing resource. I'm going to let him finish off his introduction, but I want to make every sure every now and again, about once every four episodes, I really try to say, this is like, John has these huge areas that he focuses on that are not my areas, which is why we partner together. I am deep in the weeds with real estate marketing every single day. And John is deep in the weeds with a hundred different things, some of which are real estate marketing, but a lot of WordPress stuff, a lot of learning system stuff, a lot of keeping up to speed with what's happening in the real, like the WordPress development world in general. He's also keeping up to speed with all the platforms that he reviews. He's up to speed with all the real estate CRMs. It's just a huge amount of learning that this man does at all times, uh, which to be frank, as a guy with a guy that has a learning disability is nothing short of like, like miraculous. So without any further ado, John, that kind of wind up, why don't you go ahead and introduce everybody officially to the audience? Oh, thank you so much for that. Uh, Rob, my head's getting bigger as the seconds go on, but no, <laughs> thanks for that, Rob. Um, it, you just got you just got to do the work, folks, and it's the same in real estate, folks. Technology is a tool. Technology is just to get you in front of possible clients, folks. But it's a person-to-person business. You're just technology in real estate is just there so you can have conversations, basically. Um, so, um, so basically, I'm the joint founder of mail-right.com. We're CRM, uh, IDX, lead generation platform. Um, we're similar to Real Geeks or Sarah Interactive, but we think we're better. We are better. Um, we've got some unique elements to it, and we'd love you to go over and have a look at it and have a chat with either me or Adam. Back over to you, Rob. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm going to steal the, the thunder a little bit. John can add on anything he wants after, like, John, you can add on when I'm done. Introduction into video. All right. 80% of the, what was consumed in 2022 is video, everybody. 80% of internet usage is video. Uh, now, how does that play out? Technically, it's a lot of Instagram, a lot of Reels, a lot of Facebook Reels, a lot of a lot of YouTube. There's a lot of different ways that in, that video is transmitted on a lot of different platforms. But the messaging, why is video so powerful? Because most of us are learners of a different, like we have a way of learning or a way of processing information. Some of us are visual, some of us are auditory, some of us are what are called kinesthetic, which means a combination of all the above. And the vast majority of learners are all of the above people. So video, when we pass that message along, is us passing along the greatest variety of information simultaneously that somebody can absorb. That is why it's such a powerful marketing tool. And the reason it's so powerful inside the, like the real estate space is that more and more realtors are the, the hole that they have in the marketing world that they could really step into quite well. And many people are doing this is lifestyle ambassadors. Because the search platforms have pretty much done an incredibly good job at saying, if you want to learn something about a property, where do you think you're going to go? Well, John and I would love for you to say it's going to be one of our websites, but chances are strong that by the time you find one of our websites, you've already been on what's called the search portal. So search for properties is something that you can do in 100 different places. It's become commoditized. Video that is lifestyle-based with you boots on the ground in the area is not commoditized. As a matter of fact, not only is it not commoditized, unless you live in a place that has 3,000 real estate agents and they're all doing video, it's not likely to be commoditized anytime soon. So John and I keep hammering this drum because 
You want to know how you're going to make yourself a lot of money. You want to do it with digital marketing. We're telling you, you got to cycle video into at least part of your strategy. Would you agree, John? Or would you have anything to add to that? Well, you know, if you want to be found on Google, if you're doing paid advertising, add video to it. Google will show your advert to more people. If you want to do organic SEO with Robert and his team, he's going to tell you, well, if we can add video to the content, it's going to rank much higher. If you do Facebook advertising, if you add video, the advert's going to be shown more. If you do if you do it organic Facebook, social media, if you if you use Instagram, so paid or non-paid, if you add video to the mixture, your marketing, your digital marketing is going to do a lot better. And I'm going to do a rare plug on inbound REM. All right. Um, I'm going to tell you all that I published a case study about six, seven months ago from one of our clients, uh, Crystal Seller. And we have about 100 pages that we built for Crystal Seller. We've done 16 videos for Crystal Seller. Crystal Seller posted them to various neighborhood pages. We've done this over the span of a few years. It's a long-term effort. So we're ranking very well. And of the neighborhood pages, of which out of the top 10 neighborhood pages, which are ranking, a fully eight of them are eight of the pages that have video. So let me put that into perspective for you. We have 100 pages and we've done video on 16 of them. Fully half of those video filled pages are delivering 80% of the results for the website. Okay, that's just one single case study. You can find it on inboundrm.com and look under our case studies page and you can see the, the particulars. It is a three-year case study. I do very, very deep dive, long-term case studies. And if you want to see what the actual power is, you should go to my site and look at the case study just so that you can understand exactly how incredibly powerful video is for ranking even against very high domain authority websites. It is a hack for sure, to get ranking against even more established competitors than yourself. So the introduction, I think, here is us. Would, I, I, my impression is we're trying to tell people why they should listen to a con, not yet another conversation about video. Do you think we've, do you think we've done, a, like, done a good job about how to explain that this particular time, John? Yeah, I think we have. We, at the beginning of the year, and, and it's crazy that we're in the, um, we're getting close to the third quarter. Um, well, the fourth quarter, apologize. Um, but I think we hammered away at it at the beginning of the year. I think the last quarter we didn't hammer away at it so much. So I thought we needed to revisit it because I totally agree with you, Robert. It's totally crucial if you're if you're going to do paid or SEO or any kind of digital marketing, you've you got to add video to it if you're serious about it. Correct. So at the end of the show, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about a case study that I just convinced John to take on a 19-year-old onto the show. But it's going to be the bonus content for today's show. So if you stay tuned all the way through to the end, I'm going to reveal to you what is an absolutely mind-bending, astounding case study from a real honest-to-God 19-year-old where I verified their GCI. And I will tell you this, 
This kid has figured out a way to leverage video and make $195,000 in GCI in his first 12 months in real estate, leveraging video. Okay. So with that, we're going to, we're going to dig into the next bit, which is using video. Part of what John is describing inside his production notes for the show is who do you want to speak to buyers or sellers, which is another way to say, do you have a content map in mind when you start your channel, when you're working on your channel, when you have playlists on your channel, when you're doing wherever you're posting your video, do you have a content map in mind? Because that should be the first question that you answer when it goes to, I'm not trying to appeal to buyers and sellers. Now, that's what I thought of when I saw that subject. What did you mean when you put it on the, yeah, it's the, the production notes? Well, the thing, you know, it's, it's the two main, but I kind of... I use this term in my own mind, buckets. These are the two major buckets. And it will determine the next one we're going to talk about is linked to this one. But if you don't get this first one sorted out, you're, you're going to tend to be all over the place. And it's you need some kind of strategy, some kind of focus map, which you've just laid out, Robert. So buyers and sellers... Guys, ladies and gentlemen, the reason this is so crucial when you're talking about video content, buyers are looking at lifestyle. They're looking at relocation information. And I'm going to be really specific here. They're looking at cost of living. Now, I'm going to share everything, including with you, John, and I can't remember if I shared this on another show, but one of the things I found absolutely astounding inside Google search insight function, which is where you see like search trends. It's just, it's not as precise as a keyword search. Cost of living searches are up by 40%. As the economy has changed, the market has changed, inflation has happened, what used to be a relatively low volume keyword is very quickly becoming medium to high volume. Nobody, when I used to, to talk to people, my customers, and I'm sitting here, John, going, oh, do you want us to do a cost of living blog? And as you can well imagine, everybody's like, uh, no, no, we don't want to do that. We don't want anybody to know how much it costs to live here. Yet, it's now driving one of Crystal Seller's major blog posts that's driving, that's on the first page for the first city that we targeted. So we're on the first page of, of Pasadena right now, which is a major city here in LA and an upper middle class marketplace. And we broke into that marketplace because we did a really complete cost of living blog post, which is absolutely driving 50% of our success for their website right now. It is a major subject that everybody is interested in. So you could do YouTube videos on the cost of living, changes that you've noticed, both good and bad, pros and cons. Um, just affordability is not something to hide from most people. You really do need to pay attention to it now. Like you need to be able to say to people, not only are you spending 30% more, like this house that I live in, I walked into it, it was worth 375,000 10 years later. They want to sell it for eight hundred and eighty or nine hundred thousand. Same house, no improvements, just ten years. So it's triple the price, basically. When you start talking about that to most people, because has my income tripled? Maybe, but probably not. I don't know. <laughs> like so, do you, talking about lifestyle, and and when you start talking about sellers, okay, that's different because now you're talking about how are you going to buy a new home? Believe it or not, John, the number one question that I get from people who are on the seller side is, yeah, but if I sell my home, 
how do I get into another one? Can I buy it? At, like the only question that they want to ask is, can I really buy this out like completely in cash and things like that? And that's not the smart thing to do, even at the highest interest rates. But most average consumers don't know that. So mm-hmm. having a, a complete conversation about the idea financially, and if you don't know the answer to this question, my dear listeners, you need to educate yourself about what you need to talk to a good mortgage broker, a good banker, a good financial planner, and, and get the skinny from them. But they will tell you that even with the high interest rates, you want to get into that loan. But if you want to get people off the bench and selling their home, you're going to dive deep into this subject. W- would you agree, John? I mean, you're a property owner. You own a lot more property than I do. So what what do you think? Do you think that that's what would be going through your mind if you were to sell right now? Yeah, basically. I agree with everything you've just said. So what content that you produce from the buyer's or seller side really needs to be quite different, which is why John put it down here. Which, you, which part of the market are you going to focus on? And if you say both, which almost everybody listening to the show is, I need you to understand something. Some of the top case studies that John and I have looked at over the years, they're only focused on one. And they're doing one video a day focused on the one subject. If you sit here and tell us, I want my channel to be a dual focus channel, holy cow, are you signing yourself up for a lot of video content? Like a lot. So if that's who you are and what you want to do, great. I'm not going to tell you no, but you are saying that you're going to do twice the work. Either that or you're going to do the most informed, deeply researched pieces that exist on the subject. And then you can get away with having one evergreen piece of content on your YouTube channel that you don't have to update, which is what I do. But I spend 40 or 50 hours per video oftentimes. So, John, do you have any comments to that bit of it? No, I think it's, uh, but it's, it's linked to the next thing we're going to discuss probably in the second half of the show. Um, it's linked to that. It's uh, it's not intuitive, and that's why people resist because it isn't intuitive. The the intuitive thing is the opposite um, to do. Try and cover everything, um, buyers and sellers. That's why it's difficult. Correct. So, with that beautiful and super subtle for John prompt, we are going to go to break. Um, and uh, when we come back, we're going to dig into the other subjects. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something different. I'm going to tell you what they are, which is what is your, we're going to talk about niches. We're going to talk about online location or talk, we're going to talk about how you're going to actually produce your video. And then the last bonus segment here that John put in is we actually are going to talk about equipment and services, which for the very first time ever, I have something to contribute to because I finally gave in and capitulated and did an equipment uh, an editor service on my blog. So I've historically avoided those questions. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy to use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no question asked 30-day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. If you caught the first half of the show, you should already be able to tell me what episode this is because I only said it five different times. But just in case you missed it, it's episode number 401. We're talking about video again. Uh, John titled this one, 
very, very well. He said, how do you get real estate leads with YouTube in 2023? So some of that we've talked about, but he's really kind of giving you the pieces of how you would go about getting leads. And he's, he's putting it into subjects that will lead to lead generation. So the next one up on the list is niches. And why don't you jump us off with what your thought was on niches? Well, it's been linked to the other, you know, the other things over the past 200 episodes we've been hammering away, you know, find a niche, you know, obviously you're not going to find a niche straight away in your career, but if you're a year, two years in it and you're generating any kind of production, you should know um, or have enough clients to then work out what is your best client? What's your best niche? Is it area? Is it a type of property? Is it a type of client? Age, sex, military, there's loads of different niches. And obviously you're going to get people in, in a rural area say, oh, I can't do that, blah, blah. I can tell you it's normally an excuse. Uh, I'm sorry, but it is. Normally if you're in any area and you're doing any kind of volume, you should find a niche. That's that's what I would do if I was a real estate agent. I don't know what you would do. I think you would do the same if you actually had a license and you were doing that yourself, Robert, wouldn't you? I would. Niches, which which in, which infer specificity, and specificity is going to make somebody comfortable with your actual credibility in times inside certain, like selling a home. And over all the years I've been doing this, 15 straight years, I've had a catfish farm expert in Alabama. I've had uh, a more common vertical here in uh, LA that is um, that is modern homes. I've had a... I'm going to interrupt you. I thought you were going to say catfish is in LA. No, no. And uh, I've had somebody who specializes in uh, ranch homes, but check this out, John. Their specialty wasn't just ranch homes. It was ranch homes to raise Appaloosas on specifically. They're the world's leading experts. If you want a piece of land that you're going to raise Appaloosas on, which are cutting horses, they do a specific type of writing on that specific mm-hmm. type of horse. They're the, they're the people that you'll end up at. Okay? So, and I've had a, a barn expert, somebody who builds custom barns. And I have... Um, a log cabin expert. And I've had uh, obviously the more traditional ones as well, Beverly Hills, things like that. But let me tell you something about each one of these people that have, that have had the courage to define a niche or an expertise. They always make far more, more, much more money than people who don't always, Mm -hmm. every single time, every single one of these people that I just mentioned is wildly successful by anybody's metrics. Top, 5% 5% of all realtors, probably every single one of them, barns, cabins, modern homes. It doesn't matter. Golf course, country homes. Diane Williams has made millions off that in Palm Springs. So she has a dual niche golf course, country club homes that you can live on, on the edge of a course, specifically in the Palm Springs, Indian Hills area. And then like, and everybody has a niche. You know, Diane, the last time I talked to her, which was 10 years ago, had 
got already gotten to the point that while she got lots of leads for lots of other things, that when somebody came through the door that was focused on luxury golf course, country club homes in the two areas I mentioned, she took that lead. Like the same thing that happens with like one of my clients in Fairhope, Alabama, when she gets somebody who wants to live on one of the rivers and and have what's called uh, like a riverboat life where they have a dock and you get, you get in a, like they call them a swamp, a swamp. There's a Mm. word for them. Anyway, Mm. she jets off on a boat and they, they, they drive on their boat up to bars and such. There is a whole lifestyle where you never put your feet on the ground. And she specializes in the kind of homes that have those slips right out the back door. You walk down to your boat, you get in the boat, you go to a bar, a restaurant, and you never, you never do anything other than set feet, foot in your boat. It's pretty cool. So that's how, when you start saying, well, what do you mean by niches? Like, man, pick something. If I was here and if I was going to do business in, in Van Nuys, I think it would be uh, investment property and apartment buildings because that's mostly what we have here in Van Nuys. Mm-hmm. I would just pick that niche because we have a whole bunch of them here. Mm-hmm. And then I'd learn about it. I'd get to the point that we were experts. Now, I've mentioned some really weird niches, John. What do you what do you think if you're in Reno and if you were gonna if you're gonna follow the advice that we're giving everybody on the show, what what do you think your niche would be in Reno? Well, I think you know you got Truckee. And there's a certain type of um, clientele that are attracted to Truckee. There's certain parts of Reno, South Side Reno, um, the North Side. I would really focus about satisfying the Tesla. I would get myself all fay about the the inner workings of Tesla, the manager, the managers, what's going on in Tesla. Um, because Northern Reno is dominated by people that work in the mega factory on the outskirts of Reno. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes, obviously, Lake Tahoe, you've got, you got North Tahoe, South Tahoe. They're totally different markets, so you need to classify. If I was going to specialise in, in Tahoe, and that's the international market. You know, you've got the Bay Area and rich people buying second homes, investment, but you've got the whole international market as well. Um, so they're, they're just some of the things I would look at if I was going to nicheify. Okay. And if you were talking about video format, because the, the next subject that we're going to talk about is what kind of videos you're going to produce. And what, what the way that I visualize that is like, are you driving around in the car? Are you sitting at your desk at home? So for you, John, if you're going to pick a video type, like a structure to your channel, a way that you were going to do the videos, what structure would it be for you? Well, is that linked to what I put down as... um, Number four. Yeah, because it's two kind of sub-buckets again. Um, Are you going to do location um, videos or are you going to do what is talking head? And we're doing... This is a podcast, but we also produce a video and it's me and Robert talking in front of a camera. So it's talking head. Um, I do a basic edit. I don't do a, a very... Um, I, some of the other videos, Adam, my partner in Melwright, is a video editor, so he, he does a much more deep edit. Um, but um, 
the location, maybe probably the location, because that's going to be the easier. Not you're probably going to get away with not having to have an editor because you're going to be able to use a, a phone with a grumble. That's the, the thing stops shake, and you probably do tours, um, and they're really popular, um, and they're going to be the most simplest thing to start doing. So I'll probably start there, Robert. Copy you. Um, so I'm gonna we're, we're running short on time, and I do want to hit this bonus content. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna actually tag on to something that you already said, which is you started to talk a little bit about shaky equipment, the type of video that you're gonna produce, and certainly what kind of video that you produce is gonna end up being uh par- probably part of what you have on hand in terms of your equipment like how how and what do you have available to you now my first thing that always surprises people when they call me is that i got my start using a $30 camera a logitech camera that i picked up at uh, office depot and uh, never really switched off it for many years until people like John and other people that support me started to complain about my equipment. And about two years into it, I went out and bought something called a Blue Ice microphone, which I hate because I've gotten used to talking on a headset. So right now I'm using a Plantronics headset and still using the same Logitech camera that I've always used, which is a $30 camera. And then when I shoot other types of content, I oftentimes just use my cell phone and I hold it. And why do I do that? Because I'm mostly a talking heads producer tagging into your last subject. Like I'm mostly a guy that relies upon my actual expertise to pass along my message. And I have discovered from the people that I watch and other things that is really, if you feel like you're a true expert in a category, the message is more important than the production. It is more important that you simply get the message out. It doesn't really matter as much what the equipment is. But if, for instance, your, your brand, is something that has a lot of uh, picture-perfect, pixel-perfect kind of representation to it, which a lot of luxury agents are connected to, well, then you might want to use a nicer camera and a nicer microphone and and do like the background that I have here, which is my largest investment that I've ever made is my green screen. It's $200, something like that. So, um, oh, until I spent 10 grand reorganizing a room of mine into a studio in my house. Other than that, um, which I've used a few different times, but not that much. And the videos don't have like, they're not a tremendous amount more engaged with, despite the fact that I spent $10,000 in a studio, which was my whole point with telling people like guerrilla methods in terms of producing is what I use. Now I do, I'm going to hand it over to John because John does a lot more in every single one of these categories. He's invested in nicer cameras, nicer auditory does a lot of video editing for customers, has a partner in one of his businesses that is a video editor. You definitely stepped more heavily into this than I have, John. So I want to hand the rest of the equipment conversation over to you. Yeah, sure. Um, I think number one is sound. And it's it's counterintuitive because we're talking about video here. But people will put up with out-of-focus video, shaky video, what they won't put up with is really bad audio. They just won't put up with it on a 
uh, regularly on a podcast or on a video. They just, if your sound is rubbish consistently, or, it, you know, even a, even if it, you've got a lot of background wind, if you're doing a tour of the house and you're doing the outside and it's really windy um, and you're picking up a lot of wind noise, they're going to they're gonna dump, they're going to drop out. Then they just won't put up with it. So it's, it's counterintuitive, but when you're doing video, you've got to sort out your sound quality. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, lighting. Yeah, um, lighting isn't that expensive. I am surrounded with lights. I've got a whacking big light here. I've got a light here, and I've got some lighting there, and I've got some mauve um, colour lighting there. But I am surrounded with a ton of lighting. Um, cost about $300. It's not that expensive, but I am surrounded with lights, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to spend that. There's cheaper ways to do the lighting, but it's not ridiculously expensive either. Um, camera. Well, the good news is with the latest iPhones, I bought uh, a Canon 50, and uh, um, which cost about three to 400, but then I spent 400 on a lens that gives me depth of field. Um, the great news about the new iPhones is um, the software, the new software it comes with, gives you depth, depth in field. So you don't, um, you can get a similar depth of field that cost me 800 with the latest um, iPhone with the latest software, which mm-hmm. makes a big difference. To the, so if you're doing tours and you're, you're doing a selfie and you're talking into camera, you can get that depth of field. Um and secondly, like I say, my partner with Melwright, Adam, he's a video editor. He's a photographer, video editor, Facebook advert guy. Um, so he edits the other videos we do for the Melwright YouTube channel. Um, and he's a professional, so um, that's how he makes his living, apart from being my co-founder of Melwright. So... Um, I think at some stage getting an editor to help you um, does help. Um, but you don't have to do it straight away. Um, you can do with a reasonable investment, um, not ridiculous amount. You can you can do reasonably good video, can't you, Robert? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so I think that all of your points are very good. I don't do a lot of what John does, but that is because we have different, we have slightly different strategies. I honestly think that if you're going to listen to somebody about equipment, it's more drift on what John is saying than what I'm saying. Um, I've always, for those of you who are listening to this show, the truth is the reason I don't pay too much attention is I, I am probably one of the best, if not the very best in the entire world at what I do. So I, I just let the, I let the depth of my knowledge speak for me inside my videos. And honestly, my engagement and everything is very, very high. Would it be higher if I got better equipment, better sound? I believe the answer is yes, which is why I don't argue with John or other people when they talk about equipment. Maybe a little bit. I do. I slightly disagree with you there because um, what I've just outlined, folks, if the content isn't very informative or the person speaking to the camera is not very knowledgeable. Um, but the other, the other thing is I will 
step back a little bit with that statement because um, it depends on who the audience is because sometimes this is a professional show aimed at professional real estate agents. Mm-hmm. Now, if we were talking to the general public, if we got too technical, too deep in the weeds about the property market, we might lose a lot of people. So it does depend on who your audience is. But if it's a more professional audience, um, that you know your subject and it's interesting, is going to be a lot more important than the four things that I've outlined, apart from the really lousy sound. If you've got really lousy sound... It doesn't it, matter. It will matter. You know, I agree. It will, it will damage your viewing. The other three, um, it's more about your content and do you know what the hell you're talking about? Right. So ladies and gentlemen, we're just going to recap. We, you want to make money using, you want to generate real estate leads, pick, pick a niche, pick a video type, stick with the format once you have f- picked that format. Make sure that you have sound that, that can, so that people can hear your message. And uh, depending on which side of the coin that you fall on, try to do a reasonably okay job at video production. Um, mostly, I think that John, what John's trying to say is that if people can't understand or stay in tune with what the content's message is, you don't really have a chance to create a connection, which means you don't have a chance to create a lead, connecting into what the subject of the show is. And I agree with him, 100%. You can't understand the message, you're not going to get any business. So if you're out filming a live video somewhere and you hear wind, that's the most common thing I've heard in real estate videos is somebody's in like a Oceanside location and the microphone, which oftentimes the better microphones actually pick up the wind sound as opposed to the worst microphones. So strangely enough, sometimes when you go out on location, you don't actually want like a $500 microphone. You probably want something that has noise canceling, like what I'm wearing, the Plantronics thing, because John has constantly said, can't hear my cats meowing in the background. And oftentimes they are during the show which is a confidencer thing. It's because I'm using a microphone that is designed for that. Um, so, you know, it's just an interesting fact. But you stuck with this for 35 minutes or so, ladies and gentlemen. So here's the bonus. And I hit John with this at the beginning of the show. I was on the phone with one of my, my existing clients, and I'm going to give credit where credit's due. I was on with the lead broker for a uh, lead former broker for a Century 21 brokerage here in California that I've done business with for many years. And he, we were talking about video again. We we're talking about his ranking on pages that he did some video for a few years ago, and they're all ranking. And he was like, "Wow, that's really cool." And he's like, "I need, I need to get one of my team on this because I, I don't have time to do it anymore myself." I said, "Great." And he pulls in this kid whose name is Eric Cervantes, and I'm like, "So why did you pull Eric in?" And then the broker goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, Eric sells this. This is a child." who he puts on the camera. If he had not told me, I would have actually assumed he wasn't old enough to be in the office. No joke. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not kidding. Kid is 19 years old and he's brilliant. And what he does is he goes out and he only focuses on Instagram reels. That's all his friends do. And remember, this is a young man that is directly out of high school. That's his age. He's out of high school. So he gets out of high school and he goes to work for John, my client. And John says, well, you know, do some video. 
And so he does these videos that fit within the real format, which is, I think, 60 seconds. So what did he do with these videos? How does he do a 60-second video? And check this out. How does he do that and do 19 transactions for total, no, 21 transactions in under 12 months for a total of $195,000 in GCI as a 19-year-old? How does he do that? So he fast forwards, uses gaming methodologies in the video. Now, most of you listening to the show are probably not gamers. I am an, I am a child at heart and I'm a gamer. And what they do in gaming videos, when you're watching somebody play a video game on YouTube is they fast forward through all the boring parts. They fast forward through the boring parts of the fight, the boring parts of the travel, whatever it is, right? They fast forward it so that the video maintains the attention of the ADHD guys and gals that play games. And so this young man did the same thing. Okay. I've linked his channel in the, um, in the uh, chat, John, so mm. you can get it into the show notes, but I'm going to read it off to everybody. If anybody's curious about this, it's Alex CER 21 underscore on Instagram. That again, that's Alex CER 21 underscore on Instagram. You can see what he's done himself. All right. It is literally, he just fast forwards through all the boring parts. He walks onto a property. He starts at the driveway and he walks up and usually circles around the yard and like enters the property, oftentimes either through the front or the back door. And he just pauses on each and he has a price and a location. That's it. That's all that he's got on the, the tiles, the Instagram tiles, price and location. And then he's got some notes that he puts inside the description on Instagram. That's all he does. Other than that, his only, his only philosophy is consistency. This is a video that I asked him and he says it takes him 10 to 15 minutes to produce per video. The only difficult thing for him is traveling out to the property. Okay, that's it. And then I asked him the question, which I'm sure is burning in everybody's minds because it was burning in mine. I'm like, you're you look like you're a kid. Like you look like you're like, how are people buying homes from you? Like how are, and here's the part that shocked me, John, is that while I don't think that like, he's probably missing out on a lot of business, but Instagram is a very young platform. I said, what is the oldest person you've ever spoken to through one of these leads? He says, oh, you know, one guy was like 50 and he said it in exactly that tone. And I'm like, I'm 53, my man. So like... That means that everybody else he's spoken to and sold to has been very sub 50 years old. Very, very. <laughs> right. So this idea that there aren't 20 and 30 year olds that can afford homes in your market is probably not true. There may, they may not be the majority of the market, I would think. But there is also not a very large amount of people producing the kind of content that Alex is producing on Instagram. And he is absolutely making a killing at it. So just because John and I talk about, I still like YouTube a lot better, 100%. But ladies and gentlemen, there is an idea, like we talk about YouTube because that's where my expertise is. You know, you know the fact, Instagram, a lot of the crowd, he's, when he tells them, he's probably telling the crowd he mixes with that he's on that older platform, Instagram, because they're all on bloody TikTok anyway. So- so funny that you'd say that to me because when I'm sitting here doing the call with him, he goes, well, my buddy does all this on TikTok with much the same result. So when I first talked to him, first, when John and I did an interview with somebody a year and a half ago, 
the guy had like 700,000 followers and had not quite was he in his own words, he was not doing that well for lead generation. So we fast forward 18 months later and we do another interview and Alex was definitely inferred, did not say it directly, but inferred that he knows somebody in his office using TikTok and having the same level of success there. So I would need to follow that up. Our objective, John and I, is to get this young man on the show. He really looked confused when I, I asked him. He probably, doesn't, he, he probably doesn't know what a podcast is. <laughs> That's why he was, he didn't want to admit it to you, but he probably doesn't even know what a podcast is. Right. And when you look at his opening picture, like this, this, like where he's dressed nicely and he's in, you know, he's in tennis shoes and a suit jacket and so on and so forth. I mean, I don't know, man. Listen, you, you all be the judge for those of you who are listening to the show. You be the judge. Go check this young man out. See what he's doing. See what he looks like. He, he is not, he goes, he, everything he's doing flies in the face of everything John and I say. Number one, his videos don't feature him. Okay, I think the younger generation, the super young generation, sub 30, probably doesn't need the personal connection that I talk about all the time on YouTube. I do believe that John and I's generation does. I strongly believe that. Well, I think I think it depends how it's done. You know, you 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 do your videos quite naturally. You know, you you've said it, you don't care. You got a certain look, and either t- people take you as they as you are, or they don't take you as you are. You you don't you've put your flag down, and a lot of agents they 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 do come across a bit artificial. Where they, you know, so there's a two edged sword there. Yeah, it's personal, but you have got to be a bit authentic, authentic in how you're coming across. And I, I'd imagine you're not much different that you are because we've actually never met in person have we we've never met in person have we no but i'll be a i'll be surprised if you're any much different than you are in this video than you are in person and i'm i'm similar honestly folks i know it's it's a shock horror and i know it's a real horror story i'm not much different than i am in person than i am in this video so all right, ladies and gentlemen, we've gone, we've really given, we've given a lot of value to the show. It's been 40, it's probably 44 minutes when it's all edited and done. So we appreciate you staying tuned. Um, if you'd like to look me up, you can do so on inboundrem.com. Look at the about or services page. Either one will give you a lot of information on both me and the company that I founded. Uh, John, how would people look you up? Yeah, go to mel-right.com. Have a look what you got off and then book a, a chat with either me and Adam. We'd love to help you out. Back over to you, Robert. Beautiful. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I think, John, just so that you don't have to say it after the show closes, I think we did a great job. I love the subject. I love talking about it. I had a lot of fun. I hope everybody else got a lot of enjoyment. As always, give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. Share, share the content. Message either one of us message on the video platform. We'll catch you next time. Yeah, I'm going off to do my Instagram right now after the show, folks. I'll see you later. Bye.